0: You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. Speaking of DraftKings, John Schuster, the yes, over-under over on this game was 27 and a half, or excuse me, the spread was 27 and a half. Guess how much Arizona won by?
1: Arizona won by, was it 28? 27.
0: Oh. Good. There's a lot of upset people there, but you know what? Oh. If you're on the DraftKings sportsbook app, you can use code word PHNX and you can get right back in there.
1: So the Cats are 3-0 and right now. Is that correct? Correct, yes. Which means that they're one and two now against the spread.
0: Yeah, yeah, Tommy Lloyd Even not getting it done.
1: He's just not getting it done. Oh, speaking of getting it done? Speaking of getting it done, Mr. William Brad-Allis. Oh, Hello, William. As
2: you can attest to, I'm rarely prompt.
0: Oh, no, I, remember, I was... You got to remember, I was board all those years. I had a front row seat to the promptness. But of you Mr.
2: said nine o'clock, and I'm in at eight fifty nine. And
1: yeah, that know. is true. That right. is true.
2: And, and, and your guys Brad, are already
1: going strong. You know what? I, I mean, Brad, you're right, Mike. Uh, Brad, you're spot on. And and the thing about your relative lack of promptness, since you're the one who brought this up, in fairness, I didn't bring this up. It wasn't me. <laughs> it was you. You opened the door on this. What is remarkably amazing. Is that your prompt at not being prompt? You're almost always about ninety seconds late. Yeah. It's absolutely phenomenal. So you are the most punctual unpunctual person that I know.
2: I think that's an accurate description. It says someone' right. appearances let's, let's... in various newsrooms would attest.
0: By the way, this ring light, this fancy ring light I got, is very annoying because it puts a ring on my glasses. I don't know if you uh, noticed. I was, or not.
1: Yeah, I, I, I did notice. You were looking like a serious influencer there. But that's, guess, why, but
2: that's why I don't wear the newly acquired glasses on, on the air.
1: I might move this a little bit, but let's talk about
0: it. Arizona uh, wins by 27 points. One thing, and we're going to get to some points here again because uh, Nick Howard uh, raises a good point. Our guy, Nick Howard, 56 points by UTEP uh, Utah Tech. Utah Tech in the second half is ridiculous. Totally agree. But I will say this, and this is something that uh, we've talked about all season. We talked about it last year, and I'm going to turn that ring light off in a second, and Jacob Franklin's probably going to yell at me. I, I, I do apologize, Jacob. But the one thing that is, uh, that is annoying or that is very similar to Lute Olson's teams is if a team comes in here overmatched, they're most likely going to get smacked. Now, again, against better teams – the Physicality could be a problem, I totally get that. But teams that should lose by 30 points end up losing by 30 points plus, and so he doesn't mess around with teams that he shouldn't beat, John or that he should beat, John Schuster.
1: Yeah, no, that the and the style that they utilize falls under that category. It's something where Arizona can score quickly and in bunches. And when that happens, if you're playing inferior competition, as Arizona, uh, certainly in the early stages of this, uh, has. Uh, then they can take care of business and have generally done a very good job in that regard. It's not one of those things where Arizona is working hard to try to run plays uh, and utilize 20 or 25 seconds of a shot clock. Arizona's approach is if you've got a fast break, take it. If you're done in the shot clock in five seconds, great. Doing something like that's going to give you more possessions. When you have more possessions and you're playing inferior basketball teams, uh, the likelihood is that you're going to get some Lopsided uh, elements. One of the things that uh, stood out to me, though, Mike and Brad, in this game, is that I was reminded that there are a lot of college basketball teams, and a lot of college basketball teams that just aren't very good. You're not kidding, man. No, it will be no i don't want to say no disrespect to utah tech because it sounds like i'm disrespecting them i know they're early in the process and and they're giving it their best right now and that's that's all well and good and great but man it when when you've got 3438 division one two three whatever the hell it is college basketball teams you're playing some of these teams and, and you do get some uh Lopsided uh, finals, and even though Arizona gave up uh, 56 points and that completely ruined Nick Howard's weekend, uh, hopefully <laughs> we'll get a, uh, uh, a a better gauge of what we're looking at as Arizona amps up talent in the next week. William,
2: yeah, I mean to me it's not concerning yet. I'm, I would bet if we went and looked at a bunch of early season Lute Olson era games, we'd see something very similar when Arizona, I mean, holding a team to 21 points in the first half is ridiculous as well. Um, So, yeah, my guess is, you know, kind of all evens out, you know. Uh, Water finds its level, and in this case, it's about a 30-point loss for the, I guess they were Dixie State, which before that I had never heard
0: of Utah Tech until I... I... had
2: either until this week when, like, they appeared on, like, multiple, like, not only men's and women's college basketball, but I saw a, a Utah Tech football reference or something and but it turns out they used to be dixie state which shu and i will remember was dixie community college because arizona recruited there as well as snow which also became uh like byu augsburg or one of the you know they're one of the directional schools so um whereas you know jc programs in the state of arizona just get rid of football if you're a utah jc apparently become a d1 or d2 program (laughs) Um, yeah, they're just not a good basketball team and one don't thing- have the athletes to keep up with Arizona and you get frustrated because you committed 16 turnovers and you gave up 51 points in the second half. But at one point they were holding them to 18% shooting and again, 21 points in the first half. And unless you're just inept on offense yourself, which this team is not, you give up 21 points in a half, you're going to win 99%
1: of those ballgames.
0: All right, one thing I will say, though, is Kirk Crease going into this season, I, like a lot of people had questions about him and, you know, what his shooting was going to be like. Now, again, granted, these aren't good teams that he's playing against. But the one thing that I am very excited about with Kirk Creese is he has made his shots. He's shooting about 70% from three with six to seven from downtown again tonight. He looks comfortable out there. And honestly, when, when he makes threes, It's a different team. You saw that last year, and I think you'll see it this year, Shu.
1: Yeah, uh, and that's one of the things that I think is a number that we'll be paying attention to throughout the course of the year. Six of seven from three is great. Crease is a problem uh, if he's three for 15 as opposed to if he's two for seven. Uh, And the reason for the difference is that uh, at seven uh, shot attempts, you're not trying to force it. At 15-shot attempts, maybe you're hurting Arizona with overall possessions. Uh, Even though the percentages are generally the same, there are opportunities elsewhere for Arizona to score and get good production out of uh, offensive possessions. So, so far, Kreese has done a pretty darn good job of that. And then going, uh, if he can be a good three-point shooting threat, and a legitimate scoring option for Arizona against better basketball teams, then the Cats are going to be better across the board.
0: Brad, does this point worry you right here, Travis Strauss? uh, Because a couple people, uh, people smarter than us, are asking this question. Uh, Travis Strauss says, lost the second half for a second game in a row, too. Does that bother you, William? No. uh, Why not?
2: Dylan Anderson was on the floor with eight minutes to play. Be right nice.
0: Now. Be nice. No,
2: I, no, but, you know, I mean, right. this I was it. not Lute Olsen and Sean Miller waiting to a minute and a half to, and I'm not going to say clear the bench because that's not fair to Anderson or, or in. but that's right now nine and 10. And when the season starts, 10 and 11 in your rotation. Um, so if those guys are getting, you know, considerable minutes. Before the you know the the second to last TV timeout, um, I don't want to say you've thrown in the towel or whatever the reverse is when you're winning, um, but it's you know it's basically like running you know drop uh, halfback dives up up forty five in a football game. Um, so do I like it? No, of course I don't like it. I don't like sixteen turnovers either. But it's easy to lose focus when you're up thirty. It's easy to give up some garbage buckets when you know, you're 9, 10, 11, 12, 13th player where guys who have uh, you know higher GPAs than, than than minutes per game come out on the floor. Um, so is it, is it something to keep an eye on? Absolutely. Is it a concern? Not yet. Now if they do it, let's well, you know, say they're up 12 on Cincinnati and since they outscores them in the second half, then yeah, it might be a little concerned.
0: And see, that's kind of the where, the, where I'm at right now. And we talked about this a little bit on the postgame show about a couple previous post game shows in is that these are kids. If, if this game was eight to 12, the entire game, and I know I sound like a broken record, then yes, I'd be concerned. But when you get up 30 points, when you're smashing teams like that, that to me is the better indicator. Now, again, you can't do that against good teams, but well, I guess if you're up 30 against Arkansas and you give up a, a 12 point run, it's you'll be okay. But you guys get what I'm saying though.
1: You know, I think part of the thing, though, and Brad touched on this, and I and I agree probably on what Brad said with about ninety nine point eight five accuracy in that last statement. Uh, but Which is one better them, than my on time percentage. <laughs> but one of the <laughs> but one of the main points that he made is you you're you're building up big leads with Tabellus and Creason, and Ballo and your starters and, and and Larson, and in the second half you're playing bench players. Well there's a pretty good chance you're not going to win the second half or it's going to be a lot more competitive. If Lloyd had, you know, played the first, uh, in you know, the starters as much in the first half as he did in the second half, then maybe Arizona wins by 60 and the numbers look significantly different. But he has been given the luxury here of being able to play bench players a little bit more and giving them uh, on-court time. And with on-court time, with players who aren't as good. You want them to get some acclimated to some degree as to what's going on in real game situations so that if the season progresses and you have an injury or you have somebody with foul trouble, whatever adversity might come up, you may be closer to ready to step in and be more effective than you might be. If like Brad noted with uh, the Lou Olson and Sean Miller examples, if you've got guys who are coming in for three possessions with 90 seconds left.
0: I've got a couple of questions here real quick, William, and then we'll get to your point because it's still better than mine. Nick Howard's asked me, what are you drinking? I had a four peaks before. Right now I'm having a Barrio, though. I will say that uh, on Thursdays, I generally I generally give myself two to three beers. You're watching me in my second one right now, so I'll be careful right here. Brad, what are we going to get to?
2: I say that to me, my biggest concern of this game is the fact the bench didn't score till the second half, and they only scored 12 bench points. Right. Um, you know, Adama Ball, I think, had, had two or we're three. Gonna, yeah. Henderson only had one bucket, um, which, again, uh, I, I'm not looking at it right now because every time I click on the box score, the the video plays in the background. Uh, Vessar only had, or Vissar only had, I think, two or three. Um, so that, to me, is a bigger concern, the fact that either they were unable to get those guys enough quality looks or – those guys just weren't able to hit their shots tonight. Um, again, the good news is the starting lineup scored whatever they did seventy something. But uh, yeah, you'd like to see you know you'd like to see one of those guys go off and be the sixth guy in double figures, and that just didn't happen tonight. Now it's happened this season, but something to keep an eye on a little bit. I think the other interesting thing uh, you know the, will be how now do they integrate Courtney e. Ramey into this because yes. again that's three games against the fear of competition where they haven't needed them, but they also haven't been able to use them. So that's going to be a uh, uh, you know something to look at when they get to to Maui is how do they uh, you know start utilizing him. Again it sounds like he's gonna start. That's what that's what um, your boy Tommy said. We can't call him Tommy gun apparently. Oh so did that. you see
0: I got I got dressed down for asking him about
2: I, you know what I figured watching the actual video would be like watching the um, answering machine scene in *Swingers*. Just too uncomfortable, so I didn't watch it, but I read the quotes, and I, I, I did feel bad for you. Um, but that. Oh, well, I stand resolute. Yeah, how do they? How do they use Raimi? That's what I want to know.
0: All right. Yeah, let's talk about that in a second here. Great game. I want to talk about this uh Jim Soccer Money. Great uh, great uh, great name right there. Want to get to that in a second. Dirty Dancer makes a great point as well. But guys, have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app code word PHNX?
1: Not in this post-game broadcast. All right. I've actually that's been my, waiting. That's my opening right there.
0: <laughs> okay. Here's the deal. New customers can bet $5 money line on any NBA team to win. And guess what? If they win, you get a hundred, you two hundred free dollars. That's easy. You can also boost your winnings up to one hundred percent with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlay. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Code word PHNX. Again, what's the code word, guys? Everybody out there, what's the code word? P H
1: N X.
0: All right. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes. Four details. Again, if you were going to bet on an Arizona game, you would take the over because Tommy Lloyd, formerly known as the Tommy Gun, would probably help that. Now, Chef Duarte says, um, tell me about OGs. Well, you know what? It's almost like you got my reads in front of me because OGs is the next one up there. Uh,
1: chef, you've been looking at the show notes for details.
0: OGs, oh, or uh, Chef, you were the man. All right, here's the deal. OGs just did something that is totally changing the game. They just launched their new brand of the Sleepy Edition Gummy. All right. You don't want to sleep on these. See what I did there? That was good. That was good. Swedish pinball, baby. Yes, you heard that right. OG's is now flying Flavoring Dreams with a two-to-one THC-CBN real ratio gummy. CBN is a compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep, and this Sleep Edition gummy is the new Aquaberry flavor. You must be 21 and older to uh, purchase. Enjoy responsibly. See show notes for details. Chef Duarte says, I used to work at OG's. Smart man right there. All right. Now, I scratch your back, you scratch mine. All right, now, uh, whatever, but all right, Arizona's going into Maui now. Um, I want to talk about Cedric Henderson a little bit. I have been very, I like Cedric Henderson. I don't know what exactly it is, but there is something about Cedric Henderson that I I like. To me, he is a, he's not going to do dumb things out there. He's physically strong. He's athletic. And I think he's going to be a valuable contributor all season, Shu.
1: He's going to, I think, have to be. And, uh, Arizona's. What on do you 13. think
0: about him? Forget about that for a second. What do you think about just what you've seen?
1: I generally, I generally like the potential defensive stopper-ish physicality aspect, but I am so uncertain overall about what Arizona is at this stage. And my right. larger concern is what they are in the backcourt slash wing position.
0: Right. So.
1: One of the things that I'm definitely anticipating and looking forward to in the games that are coming up is how well Arizona matches athleticism in the backcourt and on the wing. And Henderson is clearly a guy who needs to be important in that mix. And it's probably, to me, going to be the relative theme. And I know we'll talk you know, about plenty of legitimate subtext throughout the course of a bunch of games that are on the schedule. This year, And a lot of folks have brought it up. The turnover issue as Brad also noted, as you noted, Mike, and of course, the folks in the comments section, uh, you know, is something that is uh, jumping out at some folks. The second half issue, which I think probably is a little less of an issue and way too early to tell uh, right now, whether that's a theme or not. But to me, the overarching curiosity that I have about what Arizona is, is that I expect them to be a real problem for people in the front court. And I'm not sure how well against elite teams they can hold up their end of the bargain in the backcourt and in the wings. And if Arizona is better in those positions, then I think maybe they are, then I think the Cats can be a problem for a lot of people. And if they aren't... The cats might have a lot more problems than we anticipate. So the week that's coming up, I uh, I think hopefully is going to give us a little bit more of an indicator about what we might well, be able to expect. William,
0: don't you feel that we're going to have a really a, a much better idea of where we are as where Arizona is as a team at this point next week?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, we may since Ramey only missed games because of suspension and not because of. Injury like Larson did. The guy we see in Maui is going to be the guy we're going to see most of the year. Unlike Larson, who would have taken about a month last year. Um, I think, yeah, I think we're going to find out potentially how good this team is or how maybe how bad. I, I mean, I again, I know some people worried about a lot of things. I, I think most of the things we're worried about are at least for the basement level of this yeah. team are fixable turnovers, lack of focus, that, I, th- I think a lot of that's going to get better against good competition. Um, I'm not worried about the overall athleticism of this team unless they play one of these, you know, an Oregon type with, like, athletes at all five positions. But there aren't a whole lot of those. Um, I think sometimes we get into the color game, the nationality game, where we – I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, I've, I've talked to people around town. Bella Larson, oh, he's not that athletic. Well, yeah, he kind of is.
0: He kind of is. The um, Swedish you know, pinball is athletic.
2: To, I think Tabellus is more athletic. <laughs> now, is he going to guard a Jordan Poole type or – no, but, um, you know, he's more athletic than I think we give him credit for uh, because – you know, we we buy into that stereotype of the unathletic European big man, and he's I, not I dealt with the
0: stereo. I dealt with the stereotype of the unathletic white man the ent- my entire basketball playing career.
2: As did I, but it was an accurate statement. But um, you know, I was also five foot nothing. Uh, but so yeah, so I just don't know how good they are as a team as a whole, and th- that's my question. I don't know how good you know guys like Ball really are. How good Vincer is going to oh. be how good, you know, some of these role players, you know, even Henderson, as much as I've liked what I've seen from Henderson, um, you know, so I just don't know how good they are. So is this a team that only goes five or six deep, or is this legitimately a team, you know, that can go eight, nine, nine and a half deep with with Boswell, with Ramey um, as the starter, with, you know, Adama Ball being a legit scorer off the bench. So those are my questions. I think, you know, I'm not worried about this being a bad team or a mediocre team. This is a good team. Now, whether it's a very good, excellent team, that we don't know. But, you know, I, I, I don't think this is a 500 team because they had 16 turnovers against Utah Tech and got outscored by, what, it was a 5 or 6 in the second half. Um, now, that may mean they're a, a 7 or 8 seed uh, as opposed to a you know, 3 or 4 seed. But I don't have huge concerns.
0: I got to tell you something about the character real quick. Uh, Philly B, as they're putting him uh, as we put him out there, should also be endorsing Filiberto's, by the way, uh, Mexican food. But one of the coolest things that I've ever seen at a presser, and you, you could tell probably or no media day, you could probably and you can tell that it's probably because, you know, new to the country and whatnot. Every time I got a little bit of a one on one interview with him, every time I would ask him a question, he would respond with. And what about you? And so I would ask him a question. I would say, you know, so, uh, you know, what's your, uh, you know, what's your, uh, your, the strengths to your game right now? And he would say, you know, whatever, I got, you know, whatever. And then he would say, did you play basketball? And then I would say, yes. And then he would say, what did you, what were you really good at? And I was like, it was just one of the, and I'll always remember that the rest of my life. I just felt to put that out there. Very good. A uh, very interesting conversation right there. Did He's, you
2: answer him though? <laughs> That's
0: what I did answer mean. him. I said, Philly B. You are much better than I ever thought about being at basketball Believe it or not you're also about a foot and a half t- maybe two feet taller than me
1: He didn't have um, a hard time believing that part
0: He believed that part right there but I got to give him a uh, I got to give him a lot of credit on that one right there
1: All right real quick and
0: then we're gonna get to Maui and what we're looking for right there By the way our guy Chad McDonald's who we've met before. You've met Chad McDonald's, John Schuster. At I Bob have. Bob.
1: I, I have. Hello, Chad. It's good to see you. Brad, did you notice that uh, Mike Luke just completely sidestepped the portion of the question where he didn't say what his strengths were on the ball? Oh, my strong. Oh, sorry.
0: Yeah, I'm not hiding that. I can really, really shoot. I was a, a a little bit above average athlete. I will say that. Um, But that's about it. Um, there's not there was nothing very notable about Mike Luke right there. Oh, Travis or Tyler, we're gonna get to we're gonna get to this point in a second here. Um, but first, got to tell you about two things. Mountain Mike's Pizza on uh, Oracle and Wetmore. John Schuster was there for the grand unveiling. Mountain Mike's Pizza brought it to tap and bottle. By the way, very big, large, crispy pepperonis. Good food. Check it out. They got to, it's a nice little place to go watch games. Check I it got it post hockey. It was great. Did you go there as well, uh, Brad? I Alice? brought it home
2: for the family after hockey the other night. Yeah, it was great.
0: Were you? Uh, so you were a big fan, right?
2: I am. We'll go back. It's right down the street from the house. All right. So I'm Mountain Mike's. In.
0: If it's good for John Schuster and Brad Ellis, it's good for my Taco Bell taste buds as well. Check it out, Mountain Mike's Pizza and Tap and Bottle, the official watch party for all the away games. Uh, check it out. Scott and Rebecca do great. Uh, do a great job. We're going to be doing there a lot of uh, men's basketball games and. We're going to be doing some women's basketball games there as well. Plus, they have four peaks there as well. Check it out Um, at, uh, again, Tap and Bottle downtown. Chad McDonald's, I expect to see you there at some point. All right. I will not let this slander slide right here. Um, Travis Strauss says, Dylan Anderson gives me some Kirk Walters vibes. I can't say that. I think Kirk Walters is going to be good. I mean, not not Kirk Walters. I think Dylan Anderson is going to be good. Kirk Walters was one of the worst big men that I've ever seen at the U.
1: Man, you are holding out hope. I mean, Kirk Walters has got to be what about forty now. You are still yeah. holding out hope that he's going to be good.
0: Will you guys hold? Will you guys stand strong against? And we, Travis, we love you, but will you guys stand strong against that comparison
1: in unity? Will I uh, resist the uh, Travis uh, Strauss uh, uh, interpretation of the direction that Dylan Anderson might be going? In the early stages, I most certainly will. And hopefully, Travis, and I think Travis would agree with this as well, hopefully Travis has proven wrong about that and that Dylan Anderson and the time that he spends in this program continues to improve and helps Arizona out. Again, it's very early, and one of the things that I think potentially benefits him is that day in and day out in practice, he plays against better competition. And that can be very helpful. And hopefully he's one of those guys who improves as the season moves along and his career moves along here as well.
2: I mean, William. Walters had one good year. Oddly enough, it was his junior year. He was six and a half and three and a
0: half. I mean,
2: come on. He helped them beat UAB in the isn't he tournament. like a professional
0: hiker now or something? Oh, I have no
2: idea what he's doing. I about. think
0: he's like a professional hiker or something. I always see, it, yeah.
2: Uh, I have no
1: idea. All I know is uh, yeah, yeah, Brad I, Alice. Brad Alice either cheated and hopes were oh, not yeah. going oh, to no, check. No, no. No, I have, bas- I,
2: have, I have basketball reference open right now, <laughs> as I do on many of these conversations with Mike, because invariably oh, Mike man. is either going to ask me in July, "Hey, who was better?" or he Kirk Walters
0: in- or Kirill or some garbage question like that.
2: You know what? I think I take, even though I think Kirill put up better numbers, I take Walters over Kirill. No, uh, well, I take
0: Walters all day over Kirill. All right, um, now let's.
2: Do- I mean, Walters is is yes, he's not a top. 30 big man in school history but um he had his moments and that being said i think dylan anderson is better than him
1: but now, he might be one of the but he might be one of the program's best hikers who knows
2: he might be uh you know i you don't see steve kerr out taking a hike i mean maybe yeah. he does loot used to hike a little bit though with steve rivera
0: all right that is that's very true okay now let's get to what we're looking for in maui everybody um I'm very interested to see what Courtney Ramey Ramey can do right there. And by the way, uh, Nick Howard, my parents were at this game as well. Um, And uh, maybe they knew that my parents were showing up, so they felt that the gym needed to be open to them. I don't know. But it was, you know, for the first half, it was fairly quiet and fairly dead. But you also got to remember, it's still a school night, and this is Utah Tech we're playing. So I'm going to give – I'll give the fans a pass right there. But what are we looking for now in Maui? Obviously, Courtney Ramey is – back John Schuster you said something uh, early on that I thought was a great point and I've stolen nonstop where you said that he's got a little bit of that Cincinnati Houston guard vibe to him what are you looking for from him as Arizona really steps up its competition
1: now well why don't you tell me what I'm looking for you remember me <laughs> saying that um, oh, and I've
0: been stealing it from you. But why like
1: steal it. it from you when I can talk to you right here? That's uh, that, that's also a good deflective point on your part, right there. Yes, one of the things that I'm I'm curious about, and we talk about this and in, in some shows, and we tend to wonder when it comes to Arizona, who is it who's going to take the big shot and make the big basket? And you get into those debates about, you know, is it Tabellus? Is it Vallo, Is it Larson? Et cetera, et cetera. Is it Creesa, Et cetera, et cetera. I'm curious about a couple other things in regards to this team. I want to know who's going to make the big defensive stop and who's going to be the SOB who gets the big rebound at the right time that quells a possession as opposed to giving another team a second shot opportunity. Those are areas of gumption and toughness as well. And they kind of get overlooked in the midst of the highlight world that we live in. But there are going to be games and possibly games that we see next week where Arizona's going to need somebody or a few somebodies on the roster who can step up and be tougher than we've seen and been concerned about against inferior competition. Right, And it's possible that Ramey is one of those guys. And, you know, we get an opportunity over the course of uh, with the games that are coming up, which are a lot more competitive against much better athleticism than Arizona has seen up to this point. We get we get a chance to see if there are kids on this roster who have that kind of ability because that's something that Arizona is going to need. It's great to have four guys you can stroll out and be seven feet tall. That's going to be a problem for a lot of teams. But folks have rightly noticed, even if you're going to bench players or not, that when you're when the opposition's when an inferior opposition is getting 15 offensive rebounds you're concerned when you're playing better teams and 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 rebounding while it's a lot of fundamentals and blocking out also has a heck of a lot to do with desire and just be a willingness to do whatever you can to claim the basketball against somebody else and that's one of those, that's going to be, I think, one of the general concerns and relative knocks about Arizona. And the short version of that is next week. And as we move ahead, we'll see if Arizona's tough enough to uh, change that uh, potential reputation. William, you were
0: mentioned by John Schuster as being possibly a, well, not a procrastinator, but somebody that maybe isn't quite punctual. Is this fair? Is this alleg- is this is this treacherous allegation fair?
2: Oh I said it myself I said I, I lack puncture. And well I, I know I
0: wanted to be nice though
2: No no I, I yeah I, I definitely uh, run on Brad's standard time A lot of that is I try to do too many things
0: in too short amount of time because I procrastinate. Well, there's the deal, but that's where game time is here to help you. Let's just say that William said, you know what, last second, I'd like to go to the game at uh, Cameron Indoor Stadium when Arizona goes to play Duke. I can't find any tickets. I want to surprise uh, young Tyler. Future interior offensive lineman for the U of A will be taking over for Jonas Savanea at some point. That's where you would go to game time because game time can get you 60% off and they specialize in getting you tickets at the last second. Check out the link in the description. But, William, that's where you would go, though, if you wanted to do it last second. Period.
2: That's really good to know.
0: Okay. okay. All right. Now, look it's at these teams. Vast, right? We're, John Schuster and I are big fans of Eric Musselman, the must-bus, as we call it around here. Now, Oh, the you're thinking th- of the choir.
2: Shoe can attest to this. There was a time... 15 years ago, maybe, maybe a little less. I want him to be the Suns coach. Mm.
1: This is me attesting to that. Uh, yeah. Is I this mean, truth? I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I... It, but and, I and to tell you how truthful it was, Mike, Brad and I both said in almost unison, oh, yeah, that's all that... That's, that's all the uh, guarantee you need. Oh, yeah, he said that. Go ahead, Brad. And All right. I, my fear was he was going to get the ASU job
2: at some point. So.
0: But the Must Bus has re- it's rolling right now, two straight elite eights. That's the team that I want to see Arizona play because I think if we play, or excuse me, Jake Fisher, U of A football grade in here. That's uh that's the one game that I think will really be able to tell us where Arizona is from a press breaking, from a physicality standpoint, from an athleticism standpoint. Because there's something about uh, again, and Dirty Dancer says, uh, This cracks me up because you're speaking for a lot of people. There's something greasy about Muscleman that I don't like. That's probably fair. But that to me is going to be the ultimate test right there is, you know, to where Arizona is athletically, especially at the ball handling position.
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams, and I haven't memorized the bracket, so I don't know who they can play where, but there's a lot of teams that can give them kind of different looks that I think make. Uh, this is a fascinating tournament, um, you know, you, you, you know, over the years, what you're going to get out of a San Diego state, you know, what, you know, they, they have to match up with Cincinnati. Um, you know, Creighton's a completely different team than, than a lot of these teams. So I think there's some very interesting matchups, but I think if you're looking at the team who might be along with Arizona and, and for having maybe the highest potential ceiling, I think it is Arkansas because they are very athletic. They've got the 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 NCAA tournament experience uh, of making those two deep runs. So I think, yeah, if that's a team Arizona faces off with, it, it, it becomes a very interesting measuring stick. Now, this is also an Arkansas team who I believe dropped a really bad game the other night. Um, so they may not be a quintessential late cup recent uh, Arkansas team, but the, again – From an athleticism standpoint, from a a quality of basketball player, they're probably top to bottom, you know, the best or at least one of the best two or three in the tournament.
1: Just my interpretation here, generally speaking, and uh, I suspect this is going to be the Norman College basketball as opposed to the outlier. Uh, With with so many rosters turning over so much, uh, I... I tend to be one who takes less credence in what happens in November than I've taken into what's happened in November at any point earlier in college basketball. And I think this is going to be the norm to me. By the time you get to like February 1st, maybe you start to get a general idea of who you think is uh, going to have enough time to congeal well enough to be an effective team. There's a lot of eye test going on that is a little bit more pertinent than wins and losses.
0: Right. Uh, I agree with that.
1: So, so I think you're going to get some wild fluctuations and some immense inconsistency on a lot of levels of college basketball. That doesn't take away at all. knowing what kind of style and what kind of general athleticism you have across from you is something that I think is going to benefit Arizona, whether they get the W or not. But I'm not sure that I'd get too excited or too overly concerned unless there's something really glaring that jumps out next week at Maui.
0: I agree with that. Brad?
2: Yeah. I mean, if Arizona gets swept, if Arizona looks like they did in the Bahamas a few years ago, uh, then maybe, yeah, it's time cause you know they got well destroyed in those two first two games there. But you know, I also think though, if Arizona looks great there, it's it's something you can hang your hat on. I think it's if they, there's a middle performance, you know if they, if they get an F or an a, you you feel good or bad, But if they get a c plus, it doesn't mean a whole lot. And you know we've seen Arizona teams go and win Maui. And lose in the first weekend in the tournament. We've seen teams that have not performed well at Maui make okay runs. Right. So, you know, same thing with the old version of the NIT. Um, So, yeah. So, again, to me it's more of a measuring stick for, you know, how does Arizona look against these different type uh, of, you know, rosters? You know, how do they look against a physical team? How do they look against – athletic team like Arkansas, who is a little physical, you know, how, do if they, if you match up with a Creighton, you know, how do they typically Creighton again, I haven't seen this version, but typically they shoot really well from the outside. Um, you know, can Arizona defend the three against the team like Creighton. So that to me is the bigger. I agree thing, with that. It's a, how do they look in those three games and B, how do they look against different type of teams? So if they play really well against Cincinnati, but play really poorly against a more athletic team, then you worry about who you're getting matched up with in that first weekend. If you get a Murray State who traditionally have a lot of athletes, right. maybe you worry. Conversely, if Cincinnati gives them problems, you're praying. You don't get a real physical team early on in the NCAA tournament. Again, yes, it could just be a one-game blip, but that's how I want to see How do the pieces fit against different types of teams? Because although the preseason schedule against these low, low majors are supposed to give you different types of looks, when the athletes are, are are inferior, either from an athleticism standpoint or a basketball skill standpoint, or both, you know the fact that one runs a slowdown and run runs up tip it doesn't really help you all that much because you you know again you could probably beat them with with six through twelve as
0: opposed to one through five. He's John Schuster. Uh, he's also William Brad Alice. I am merely Mike Luke. Everybody out there, really appreciate all of you hopping on. You are the ones that make this show. Uh, we will be back with you. Let's see here. Uh, U is uh U is up Saturday, so we'll be up here about 4. I am challenging a traffic ticket in court tomorrow. For the egregious sin of parking twenty-seven inches from the curb, as opposed to eighteen inches, so I will let you know I am appealing this in front of Traffic Court Judge Seaman. We will, I will let you know what he rules, what he renders.
2: Hey, I did that eight or nine years ago, and uh, although I didn't get the ticket di- dismissed, I did get the fine cut in half.
0: Well, that's what I'm looking for. We'll keep you all updated. Again, Shu, Brad, can't thank you enough. All of you on there, you guys are the ones that make this. We'll be back with you on Saturday. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.